Tonight we're back in our study in Proverbs. Tonight we are in a section called the 30 sayings. Now it's kind of an odd thing. It is a section of God's wisdom really inside of a broader section of God's wisdom. And that's a weird thing to think about. Same author, same inspiration of God, but in a broader section of God's wisdom, there are these 30 sayings of God's wisdom. For some reason, God in his wisdom says, hold on to these 30, or be sure and take note of these 30 truths. And so, as we desire to take on God's character, as we desire to live like him, he says that you would do well, you would be blessed. In fact, you need to have and to hold on to these 30 sayings. And so again, in the middle of a big section, we have this section of 30 sayings. God himself separates them out. Take note of, be sure of, and hold on to these 30 sayings. Now, we looked at the introduction to the 30 sayings two weeks ago. Then we started with the actual sayings last Sunday night. We began looking at uh, the individual 30 sayings. Now, I'm going to tell you, I was thinking about this. I actually uh, feel sorry for those or for anyone who misses any of these. Uh, these are online. Maybe they can catch up. Maybe they're watching online. They'll see it there. But I was thinking about that. Imagine if God summons you. God, listen, he is intimate. He knows us. He is a personal God. What if God summons you and said, you know what, because I love you and because I want what's best for you, because I want the great thing for you, he said, I've got 10 things for you to know. What if he said, hey, come here. I, I know you. I see your life. And because I love you so much, I've got 10 things that you need to know that are imperative for you to know. What if he told you that? You need to know these things. But what if he only told you three of them? What if he only told you four of them? Maybe, maybe he got distracted. There's something good on TV that night. And you're sitting there and you go, oh, I need the 10 things. And he said, he only told us three of them. He only told us four of them. Well, I want to tell you this is the same thing. Listen to me. God is kindly speaking. He is graciously speaking in and through his word. And he's saying, if you want to look like me, if you're trying to, to live and, and uphold my character, you need to know these 30 things. You need to know all of these things. So what a privilege, what a blessing, what a gracious thing it is that God is speaking to us through these 30 sayings. Tonight we're going to start with the fourth saying. And we, we ended with the third saying last Sunday night. Tonight we're going to start with the fourth saying. It's found in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 28. Proverbs chapter 22, tonight beginning the fourth saying in verse 28. It says this, Do not move the ancient boundary which your fathers have set. Interesting verse. Do not move the ancient boundary which your fathers have set. Set. Now, I want you to see this verse. This is a very deep verse. In ancient times, in these days, there was no survey companies. There's no GPS markers. And property lines were marked with boundary stones. At the corners or the turning points of the boundary, they would mark their boundaries with boundary stones. Uh, I think it's interesting, sometimes in the old deeds that we have here, the, the abstracts, 
uh, you can actually go and read that abstract, and it'll say, in our county, uh, to the big tree marked by so-and-so's fence, or it'll tell you uh, the third post on such-and-such fence, or, or some other landmark. Those are included even in some of our old abstracts in our county. Well, they mark their boundaries with these stones. And so if you were moving one of these stones, you were stealing somebody's land. You move a stone, you just took in some of their land. You were stealing someone else's land. And so the call here from the proverb is to be honest in your dealings with others, to have integrity in your dealings with others. Now think about that. This stone is probably going to be in the middle of nowhere. There's not going to be many people, if anybody, around and nobody would see if you move the marker. Nobody would see if you move the stone. And so the, the proverb is saying to look like God, to honor God, to have godly character, we have to be honest. We have to have integrity. Now, I think about that. I look at that, and that makes a lot of sense to me. That makes sense. We need to have integrity. Now, I want you to see this. There's something bigger here, even bigger than that, something bigger here. Now, think with me. Remember for the Israelite people, who gave them their land? It was God. Who set the boundaries to their land? Now think about this. It was God. Remember, God gave them their land. And he said, for the tribe of Asher and the tribe of Benjamin and the, and the tribe of Judah, it's very specific. It's going to be from here to here. And then there's going to be another tribe and from this boundary to this boundary. It's going to be very Specific. Then the family allotments for each of those tribes would happen within that. So God has set the boundaries. Well, we take those boundaries and we set the family allotments inside of that. When they sold land, when they transferred land, they went back to those boundaries. Everything, listen to this, went back to the dictate of God. And so when you move to stone, you were changing the order and the structure that God has set. Now, are you hearing that? Listen to that. Moving the stone, you were changing the order and the structure that God has set. The Bible says that for God created them male and female. Male and female, he created them. The Bible says for a man shall leave his mother and his father and be joined, be, should cling to his wife. God has a set order. God has a set structure. We could go on and on. I, I, I see this last month, uh, very sadly, the Methodist church is splitting over the issue of, of homosexual gay ministers and pray for those that are trying to hold the line. God warns us about changing the order and the structure that he has set in his boundaries. That's a big deal. That's a huge thing. Do not move the ancient boundary which your fathers have set. All right, verse 29. Now we move to saying number five. Verse 29, saying number five. Do you see a man skilled in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. Saying number five, verse 29. Do you see a man skilled in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. Now, let me, let me try to interpret that. Let me try to bring it to our uh, a translation we could understand in our day. It says this, 
Do you see a person, have you seen a man, a person, skilled in their work? Now, it's not talking about skilled labor. It's talking a person that is skilled in their work. Have you seen a person like that? The, the Hebrew word, the original language for skilled, means ready in their work, competent in their work. Maybe the best translation, who excels in their work. Have you ever seen a person that they know their work, they're competent in their work, they excel in their work? It says this, they will be before kings, not unknown people. Now what that means is those people that excel in their work, they'll rise to the top. That's what he says. They're not going to be obscure. They're not going to hang out with obscure people. They're going to rise to the top. Now here's what this is. This is a call for and an encouragement to do excellent work. Do it right. In fact, do it better than right. Go above and beyond. To, to do everything to an, to an excellent standard. To, to do a work that is surprisingly Awesome. When the, when the little things are being done, you're taking care of them and you're, you're getting there early and you're, and you're staying late and you're taking care of the details and each of those things is done in excellence. When it's the big things you've planned and you've thought and you've set things up and you do the big things and you do them in excellence. Now this is for all people. This is for young people, older people. Whatever your job, whatever your effort is, we are to do it to an excellent standard. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you anything new. Let me just tell you. Today we are plagued with terrible workers. I'll just tell you, we're, our culture, our world is plagued with terrible workers, lazy workers, less than half-hearted workers, and they skimp and they hide and they shirk their duty, and they, they, oh, they might do just enough. I've got to get my paycheck. They might do just enough, and we're, we're filled up today with terrible workers. And here's the thing. <laughs> Watch this. The standard always gets lower. The standard seems, it's not getting higher. Have you noticed that? Go do business with some folks. The standard always seems to get lower. Now, I could give you a thousand examples of that. I thought about it. But I know you're thinking of your own examples right now. Here's what God says. God says to honor him, to look like him, and to exhibit his character, you should excel at your work. Now, we've been going through Proverbs. In Proverbs so far, God has told us he has said that his plan is to work. The way we eat, the way we survive, the way we prosper is to work. We work and we save. God has said that is his plan. He has told us that he blesses work. You want to be blessed by God? Go to work. God tells us in his word he blesses work. Now he says not just go to work, but he says how you work matters. I thought this was interesting. I remember the verse I I went and looked it up, but then I just read the entire chapter that it exists in. In the New Testament book of Colossians, it tells believers, listen, you want to follow Christ and you've decided to submit to Christ and, and he's your Savior and now he's your Lord and you're walking with Christ. It says in Colossians, if you want to walk with Christ, be kind. 
It says, if you want to walk with Christ, be humble. If you want to walk with Christ, be, be patient. It says, forgive each other, bear with one another. It says, it actually says, if you want to walk with Christ, if you want to look like Christ, put on love. Now, I'll just tell you, we expect those things. Sounds pretty Christ-like. We expect those things. Here is, here's a verse from the exact same chapter. Fearing the Lord, whatever you do, do your work heartily. Hold on a minute. That doesn't, that doesn't sound like it fits the other list, does it? It says, whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord, rather than for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of your inheritance. What if nobody sees it? What if nobody appreciates it? God sees it. From him your reward will come. It is the Lord Christ whom you serve. That's what the verse says. It's Jesus that you serve. He holds the standard. The Bible says this. You can tell who you serve by how you love. Same chapter. But it also says this. But you can also tell who you serve by how you work. Our standard as Christians is excellence. We work as though we're working for the Lord. Saying number five, verse 29. Do you see a man skilled in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. All right, moving on to saying number six. Saying number six, we move to chapter 23. Chapter 23, verses one through three. Here's what it says. When you sit down to dine with a ruler, consider carefully what is before you and put a knife to your throat if you are a man of great appetite. Do not desire his delicacies, for it is deceptive food. Now listen to that again. When you sit down to dine with a ruler, consider carefully what is before you, and put a knife to your throat if you're a man of great appetite. Do not desire his delicacies, for it is deceptive food. All right, here's the deal. People are deceptive in their motivations. People are deceptive in their motivations. Okay, let me tell you this. It's okay to say amen to that, just don't look at anybody. <laughs> People are deceptive in their motivations. People, crafty people, are experts at catering to our egos. Now start to see if this sounds familiar. People, there are people, they've mastered this, it's a craft of them, and they are experts at catering to people's egos. It's called flattery. Well, the verse is saying, be aware as you sit at the table. Man, I've been invited to the table. Man, I'm in the position of honor. Man, here I am at the feast. The Bible says as you sit at the feast, there's going to be a cost to what you eat. That's what the verse is saying. If you are a person who craves to be catered to, that is susceptible to overlooking the truth for, for a momentary gain. Maybe it's, maybe it's attention, maybe it's monetary, maybe it's just praise that's given to you. If you're, if you're a person that's say, you know what, I'll overlook that, I'll overlook the truth if you'll just appease me. The verse says, watch out, you're being set up for the kill. 
watching people sometimes interesting, <laughs> and sometimes it's sometimes it's kind of crazy. Sometimes it's hurtful. You ever watch somebody, and you know how they feel about somebody else? You know how they feel about somebody else. They don't like them. They don't think much of them. They've made that clear. They've told you that. That you know somebody. They don't. They don't really think much of somebody. And yet, in some weird situation, you all get put together. You ever you walk into a restaurant? Here you are. You go somewhere to something, and here you are. And you ever watch that person brag on the person, slap them on the back, laugh at their jokes, jokes that are dumb, and they're just laughing like it's the best joke ever. Pick up the tab. They're the folks who always say, "I love your shoes. I love those shoes right there. I love your shoes." And you're just sitting there going. I really do like your shoes. I'm not picking on you. Uh, you're sitting there thinking, it's not, what I, it's not what you said. It's not what you look like. It's not what you've, what you've told other people. Here's what the Bible says. We are to be aware. We are to consider. We are to be thoughtful. It actually says to consider carefully. Listen, we're not, we're not mindless. We are considering carefully the situations that we're in and the motivations of others. Man, God actually says, consider that. Think about that. Consider the situation that we're in, the motivations of others. I was thinking about that. As we think about, and this is where we came from the introduction from two weeks ago, about the character of God and that's what his word is always going to be in line with his character. If we want to exhibit his character, we, we live according to his word. But when we think about the character of God and us taking on the character of God, thinking about this point, this verse, think about this. God is generous. He is generous. God is gracious. Man, is he gracious. God is kind. So kind. God is forgiving. God is patient. God is love. Try to think about that. God is love. <laughs> but you know what God's not? God's not dumb. And God's not fooled. In fact, he says he knows our hearts and he sees our hearts. And he is gracious and he is kind and he is forgiving. But when we approach God, you know how we approach him? We approach him in honesty. You're not fooling God. We approach him in integrity. The, the truth matters because he knows the truth. Yes, he's gracious, but you know what? He's also wise. He's also smart. And we approach him in honesty. He knows. The sixth thing, chapter 23, verses 1 through 3. And when you sit down to dine with a ruler, consider carefully what is before you. And put a knife to your throat if you are a man of great appetite. Do not desire his delicacies, for it is deceptive food. All right, we're going to stop right there tonight. We're going to stop after this saying. We may be six years in Proverbs, I don't know. But we're going to stop right there. Uh, tonight, it is Al's birthday. And last week was Pete's birthday. 97th birthday. That is staggering. That's, that is awesome. Wow. Pete's 82nd birthday back there. Let me say this, and I want to say it. Yes, amen. I want to say this. I praise the Lord for both of you. 
And I thank God for both of you. I thank God for you. And I'll just tell you, it is a blessing to us and it is a blessing to our church that these men are part of us. It is a blessing to me. It is a blessing to us. It is a blessing to our church. And so I want to tell you this. And I want to say, we love you. We love you and we love you, Pete. We love you. And we want to tell you happy birthday. I'm going to pray. They're going to come up. We're going to sing our last song. We're going to go in the fellowship hall. We're going to sing happy birthday. We've got a couple of cakes. Hope you all like cake. We've got a lot of cake. And we just want to tell you happy birthday. So again, I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer. We'll sing our last song, and then we'll be dismissed, and we'll sing happy birthday and eat cake in our fellowship hall. I'm going to ask if you'll stand for a word of prayer. Dear Father, we come, and we're thankful tonight. We praise you tonight. You are good, so good. You are gracious to us as sinners. You don't cast us off. You don't run us off. You love us. You're kind to us. You're merciful to us. You give us a Savior, Jesus, at the cost of self, that we would be forgiven, that we would be restored, that we would be renewed, that we could walk in fellowship with you. Lord, we praise you for that. Lord, we come. I'm thankful for your word. I pray that tonight we would take this in and think about it, that we would consider it, that we would study it, that we would be shaped from the hearing of your word. Lord, I come and I pray for these two men and others as well, but I pray very specifically for these two men, thank you for blessing us. Thank you for their, for their faithfulness, for their encouragement, for their kindness, for their graciousness. And Lord, we just pray that, that you bless them, that you encourage them. We praise you for them. Lord, I, I come and I end this Lord's Day by saying, Lord, you are worthy. And we lift up your name above all names and we exalt the name of Jesus. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. Amen.